Glad you could join us for episode 116 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Wayne as we continue our analysis of James Cameron's cyberpunk thriller Dark Angels, starring Jessica Alba, Michael Weatherly, and Ashley Scott. How you doing, man? Good. Yeah, really good. Relaxed, rested. Just stay away from the Volkswagen plant. Did you see Jeez, that thing yeah. I posted? I, I saw that. I didn't read the article yet, but uh, but yeah, WTF, man. I'm telling you. Now, you will be happy to know that I did see the end of Game of Thrones. Oh, nice. So I guess I had some time, got, sat down with my iPad and did watch it. I don't know, you know, well, maybe we'll talk about it another time, but I just don't know what to make of it. It almost just seems as if they employ killing off major characters to keep our interest. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, I can't give a full answer to that because like, I'm still reading Dances with Dragons, which is the last book. So, you know, whether that actually happens in the book or not, I don't know. So in that case, it's like you don't necessarily have much of a choice, right? Yeah. Like... Ned Stark, that that was in the books. The Red Wedding, in the books. So you know they're, they're kind of haggled, but but yeah, obviously there is that bit of you know no one is safe on on that show at all, and they yeah they really established that in season one with Ned Stark was beheaded, and, and it's that same shock when I read the book the first time. I remember like, you're kidding me, like wait what? <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot to be said for showrunners that have the guts to do that. So you know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I did want to throw out there to the listeners that uh, Michael and I are going to be resuming our extant podcast at Golden Spiral Media, though it's no longer called Dark Matter. And it's been rebranded as simply extant podcast, because obviously with the arrival of sci-fi's new series, Dark Matter, we felt confusion would be inevitable. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there it is. And speaking of inevitable, we'd love to hear from you via email at sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com or at the website where you can leave a voicemail via the SpeakPipe tab. You can also record your own audio clip and send the MP3 as an attachment, or just send us a tweet at Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. As always, we encourage you to consider joining the Facebook group and join the discussions there. And, you know, finally, Wayne and I would appreciate it if you get the chance, head on over to iTunes and give us a review. That would really help the podcast visibility. Yes, All indeed. Right. All right, so Dark Angel news, such as it is, I thought we'd take a look quickly at ashley scott who plays asha barlow and she's got a new show out and it she is a series regular on a show called unreal which is currently airing mondays at 10 p.m on lifetime and it's a behind the scenes look at the chaos surrounding the production of a dating competition program so i guess not unlike the bachelor or the bachelorette something like that i I have not seen the show five episodes have aired and episode five brought in a little over 800,000 viewers, 0.35 in the 18 to 49 demo, but it was a 50% jump from episode four. So best as I can tell, it seems to be doing okay. The critics seem okay with it. IMDB, where the critics are generally fairly harsh, uh, it's doing pretty well. So, you know, good for her. I hope it hope it works out. Yeah. It's a good that she's, you know, like it's a tough biz to, to get work in, so... Yeah, I don't know that she's a main character, but she's certainly a recurring character. And as far as I can tell, she has appeared or will appear or both in all episodes. I believe it's 10, but I could be wrong on that. Cool. All right. Well, anyway, uh, we're here to talk about Dark Angel, season two, episode five, entitled Boo, 
Written by Charles Egley, Moira Kurland Decker, two of Dark Angel's mainstays, obviously. Directed by Les Landau, who's got quite the resume. Star Trek Next Generation, a lot of episodes. Deep Space Nine, same thing. Voyager, same thing. And this one aired November 2nd, 2001. Wayne, this was the kind of episode that I'm watching it, and I'm thinking like, man, this show is really going downhill fast. (laughs) And... After I did my rewatch, actually, you know, about a third of the way into my rewatch, I'm thinking, this is really good. <laughs> and, you know, we'll talk about the reasons behind that. Uh, I mean, what do you think? Well, should we get out the big spoiler of the whole Well, well, episode? sure. Cause, because I think that's like the key, right? Well, sure. Because it turns out basically the whole episode was a dream. And so if you kind of figure that out early, I think you – I. I you would probably appreciate it more, you know, yeah. because if you don't think it's a dream, you're just like, none of this stuff makes sense. This is crazy. People, stuff is just happening randomly and it's insane and it's ridiculous. Right. And, yeah. and it is, it's supposed to be obviously, but, uh, because it's all a dream, but we're not a dream. You're right. You'd be like, this show stinks. Like what, what is going on in this show? This is terrible. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, now you said it's all a dream. I mean, it's right, not, not all. all but right, the first eight, nine minutes or so. The, the but, part that you would be saying, this is ridiculous. Or, yeah, sure. I mean, so the A story, I mean, to a real extent, it's the only story. It's apparently three months after the Manticore fire and escape, and Max's dream as the transgenic attempt to navigate Halloween evening Max tries to keep Rafer in the dark. I don't know. Again, I see allusions everywhere, loose allusions to Wizard of Oz, perhaps. Sure. Um, well, yeah, whenever you have that whole, where the whole story ends up just being a dream, then, yeah, you can't ignore Wizard of Oz, for sure. Yeah, but like you mentioned a minute ago, once you understand that it's a dream, it changes your entire perspective, which obviously is true. And maybe it's me, but it didn't really hit me. I mean, it should have hit me when when Sketchy was part of Normal's undercover team, but it still hadn't hit me yet at that point. It didn't hit me until Logan asks the minister to marry him and Asha. Right. And I'm like, ah, this is a dream. Yeah, yeah. That That's where it was confirmed. Uh, my suspicions popped up almost right away when Rafer is like, you want to go see my mom? And then you had that because you know she does she she falls asleep in the tub right now, yeah even sure though, um, and so you know then she you know when Rafer says I want you to meet my mom I'm like what that that doesn't make any sense so I'm like I bet you this is all a dream like she's still in the tub dreaming but then as things happen you know I kind of like went back and forth like like I said just basically is this really whole thing going to play out to be a dream or is this just the show has just kind of gone off the rails completely, um, which might explain why it didn't get a third season if this is the way they started going, right? Right. And and then you said when um, Logan asked Ashley to marry him, I'm like, okay, for sure, it's a dream. No, no question about it. Yeah. Now, one downside, no Jensen Ackles. Yeah. What's up with that? Yeah, I know. Um but the title, and we've talked a lot about titles, Boo, which obviously has multiple meanings. I mean, certainly it's the affectionate name that Cindy uses for Max, and we've seen that pretty much from episode one. Uh, obviously, right, which is last 
last time we talked about Dark Angel, we had said, you know, both were like, oh, this is going to be a Cindy-centric episode because of that title. Yeah, and turned out to not be. Not at all. Obviously with Halloween, but I think more to the point, I guess on my rewatch, things started really falling in place for me with this whole theme of fear. You know, the fear of discovery that Max has constantly, the fear of admitting the truth about oneself. And, and obviously, Cindy calls her on that at the end. You know, this this lack of self-worth and, and that the whole fear of not knowing who to trust. Yeah, it's absolutely. A, this is for as as far as dreams go, this is what we would call an anxiety dream. Yeah, no uh, question. And she uh you know and, and that's like kind of another thing that clued me in that it was a dream it's like there's all these things happening in it that are just they're her really deepest most innate fears uh that you just mentioned uh they are all come to the forefront and so you can see her subconsciously trying to you know work through all this stuff yeah and i guess on the rewatch what i really got out of this episode is that it seems to me this is all Max's reaction to the realization that she and Logan may never be together and that if she's going to have a relationship with somebody, she's going to have to reveal her truth. And for right now, it, the guy in play seems to be Rafer. And is this Max's way, this dream, her way of working out whether or not she thinks she can trust him? Well, yeah. And in the dream, her anxiety is that he should like you know like her basic one of her top goals in the dream is to keep him from knowing that she just keeps it from him the whole time she's going out of her way to keep him in the dark and you know she ends up punching him out yeah and that's what's so great about this episode because like you just said a lot of it revolves around her trying to keep him from the truth uh, mostly while she's carrying around the head right um which is just downright silly and is what led i think both of us to think where the hell is this show going but then in retrospect it's really the beauty of the episode and you understand that that's how she's you know employing these fears in her dream yeah yeah, absolutely. And I think that you're right that the episode really, really worked on that level. You know, once you realize it's a dream, then you're like, oh, okay, this is actually quite good. Yep. All right. Well, anyway, pre-dream, Max walks into Logan's to find him and Asha in close quarters working on some Save the Good Guy project, asks him what he needs her to do. And he says, no, we got it covered besides your plates full. And we assume he means dealing with uh, Joshua and, and others. Right. But still no one likes being, you know, shut out. No, no question. You know, and, until and, we don't need you. Right. But no, that wasn't enough. She asks him what he's going to do later. Cause there's going to be a Halloween party at crash. Nah, we are going to be working. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I hear you. Uh, <laughs> all right. So we're a jam pony and a lot of the riders are in costume and, She's talking to Cindy. You should see them together. They're both into their hero stuff. And I'm thinking like, well, okay, she's just in denial about the possible relationship between the two. Is Or is that really the relationship that, that he still has? I mean, look, we, we know she's into him. Asha, that is. Yeah. And it's, you know, we feel like it's probably, well, Max is certainly feeling like it's only a matter of time before he's into her, you know? Yeah. So... You know, again, these anxieties and fears. 
Yep. Well, Sketchy rides in dressed as Dracula. Pretty cool costume, mister. It, it was uh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Normal, of course, tells him to take it off and tells him he's merely the shape of things to come, which I, I'm not sure what exactly he means by that. Is it a reference to the transgenics? Yeah. That are well, he had the, he had the, the newspaper, tabloid, right? Yeah. So, and, and we already know that uh, Sketchy is on you know he totally believes that there are mutants and transgenics running around but it, it's right now for the general population it's the stuff of tabloids and everything uh no one else really believes it right and obviously the irony is that that he's exactly right it, it is a government cover-up but of course when he says that it sounds like he's in you know, right, especially lunatic. With, with a sketch saying it, right? Yeah, sure. All right, well, Normal insists it's going to be a normal late work day, and Max convinces him, you know, it might be in your best interest to let us go early, which is then when Rafer stops in to see if she's going to the party at Crash. She's kind of noncommittal, which, which leads Cindy to get on her for not accepting his offer. That that leads us into Cindy talking about her costume, which uh, I, I like the choice she finally made in Max's dream. I don't know. I thought Snow Ho and the Seven Little Freaks would have been a, a good costume, but uh, you can't uh, you can't uh, argue with the Rick James choice. No, uh, uh, it might be getting culturally less significant as we go. Yeah, base but that, player, that's, base that's, player, that's though. That's where uh, yeah, right. Um, but that's for the, the gorillas song that I posted. That's yeah. when outside that, uh, Clint Eastwood has an awesome song outside of my milieu. I must say though. Yeah. Check it out, dude. It's uh, a great I album. did. I did. Yeah. It was cool. Um, all right. So Max wants to stop by Joshua's to drop off some groceries and you know, this guy that clearly she knows walks by and asks if she's heard the one about the priest, the minister and the rabbi. And of course we know how that integrates into her dream later on. Right. Uh, I think as we saw it was Halloween and as we saw Josh, we started, you know, kind of putting two and two together that, okay, this might be the opportunity for him to get a little freedom, which is obviously a lot of what the episode deals with. And he's watching people in costume walking up and down the street. And he seems pretty pleased when somebody knocks on the door. I'm telling you, I had to turn the volume down on that girl screaming. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but well, especially if you're watching the headphones, that must have been tough. But uh, yeah, they're still playing up this this gag of Joshua as a dog. You know, like he's looking out the window. Like, you know, and then everything like that. It's kind of I don't know, maybe getting right. a little old. But right, uh, but they are transitioning because you know I think I asked last time whether or not he can actually read. I mean, we see him holding father's books, and now it right. appears that he can read. Yes. So maybe they're going to transition away from, like you said, the, the dog humor to, uh, you know, some something else. But the little girl screams, and I'm thinking, like, what the heck are you screaming for? It's Halloween. It's Halloween. <laughs> you know, why don't you just figure this is some costume? But, of course, it turns out that she was trying to scare him. Right. Um, Which is, where again, that kind of second level of the word boo uh, comes in. It's right. A, it's that term of endearment, but it's also it's Halloween, right? You say sure. boo a lot. Yeah. Uh, and, and also we see Joshua's level of understanding that, you know, we, we do realize that he is fairly intelligent, even though his language skills are, are still kind of, uh, I guess, let's say working themselves out. But he understands because everybody else is in costume. He could blend in and pleads with Max to go out. And, you know, and 
even Cindy says, yeah, you know, like this is the one night he can get his swerve on, right? That he's cooped up all day in the house, but here's his one chance to get out and walk around the world. But Max is just like, absolutely not. Yeah. Well, has she been schooled on this, uh, this stand? Because she tells him, no, you're going to lay low, even though Cindy suggests it would be okay. And Max basically tells her, you know what? butt out of what you don't know yeah she says i know you think you're trying to help don't and it's like whoa yeah that's flat out cold you know yeah no question so he says fine i'll lay low and i'll keep reading little women (laughs) (laughs) i'm like okay uh that was pretty good i I did love that apparently it's good my sisters really like that those uh that series of books so yeah could be worse i've seen the movie that's all Joshua's hurt. Max feels bad, but you know, she knows she did the right thing. And, 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 you know, it goes back to that, that recurring idea that they are being hunted and that they do have to lay low. And, and the, the fact that Manticore blew up and everybody thinks Manticore is gone is certainly not enough in Max's head to, you know, suddenly begin taking risks. Yeah. Yeah. And well, especially the recent run-ins with white, as well she knows people are out to kill the transgenics but you can't just you know you can't bury your head in the sand right no just hiding out is not a good long-term plan here no no question all right so max is at home takes a bath well you know apparently they never did get the hot water heater fixed right after it crashed through the floor um Back to boiling it, right? Exactly. But Cindy won't let it go and asks her what she's afraid of. Is it that you're afraid of what people are going to think of Joshua or what people are going to think of you? Which is obviously part of you know the 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 dream sequence and, and Max working things out in her mind. And she says, All I want to do is be a nice, normal girl. And Cindy replies, well, whatever normal is. Yeah. And, and this is the point that the dream begins because she falls asleep. And then Cindy comes in dressed as Rick James and tells Max that Rafer's there. And she doesn't seem too happy about it. She comes out wearing black. I thought it was a pretty cool costume. Actually, I liked her outfit. Yeah. Was it? But it's just like her normal gear. Uh, yeah, but it was a little different. I don't. I, I think it, there were things we haven't necessarily seen before. But obviously, the overall feel was the same. Yeah. What no costume? And then she asks him about his lack of a costume, and he replies that he's a genetically engineered killing machine escaped from a government lab, and then shows her his barcode. Yeah. Now, obviously, in retrospect, we understand it's part of the dream. Sure. But at that point, with the tabloid articles coming out, and, and you know, there is a lot of accurate information, although obviously people don't really know what's accurate and what isn't. So I'm still figuring, okay, we're, we're good with this. Um, he has no way of knowing. It's not in poor taste. Yeah, I was getting suspicious at this point. Then he asks her if before going to crash, I and mean, you mentioned getting suspicious, if they can swing by his mom's because his mom really wants to meet her. And I guess I'm thinking that, all right, look, he's really been the pursuer in this wannabe relationship. So I'm thinking. Yeah, but this is a big jump. Right? Well, well, it is once his mom comes out with her crystal ball <laughs> and her gypsy <laughs> headdress. scarf and everything, yeah. Yeah. So she tells Max, I want to tell your fortune. And, well, she immediately starts recounting Max's true history. Sure. You know, that's not your name. You have no name, just numbers, running from something. 
And then, of course, she sees death. Rafer seems honestly surprised and at the same time a little worried, takes his mom out of the room, and Max is like, ah, great first impression. When suddenly Joshua appears at the window, and, and look, I, I, you know, in retrospect, so I, I guess we should just even quit saying that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah. All right. So Joshua calls. But, but I like the line where uh, Rafer's mother says, "You're not what you seem," and she says, "Oh, I guess you busted me on my push-up bra." <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. Yeah. So Joshua calls Max outside to see something that turns out to be a Manticore creation. Not anomaly the way Max initially thinks, but it's some guy who was created with cartilage instead of bone and asks how he found her. Uh, Cindy told him she was with Hot Boy. All right. Well, again, we're yeah. in the dream. So is that Max's subconscious revealing that she really does like him? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, she did sleep with him already. So well, I mean, she, there, well she did. There but, is that physical attraction there that that's, you know, without question, I think. Okay. Um, you know, but he also refers to in the dream as as hot boy, not as you know any kind of like you know, romantic or spiritual kind of attachment. It's not suggesting all it suggests is this physical attraction. Okay, fair enough. Uh, well, this Manticore creation's body requires a readjustment, but when Joshua turns his head, it pops off his body. Though he continues to be able to speak, and yeah. so suddenly. The headless body runs away while Max holds the head. What can At I say? At this point, you still aren't suspicious. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm starting to get a little bit here. So, hey, do you know who the dude was who played Sally? I do. I'll get to that in a second. Okay. Um, body's got a mind of its own. Joshua reports that the body got away. And, of course, now here comes Rafer. So, yeah, where do we know him from? Well, I know we know him from Revolution, where he played, uh, what was the... He was Drexel on Revolution. Okay. Uh, remember the, the drug dealer that they... Yeah. He, and he was awesome. It was like one of the best characters. He was only on the one show, but I thought he was like one of the most compelling characters in the whole series. Uh, right, right. One. That was that scene where I think it was Charlie was dressed up basically like a hooker, sort of, right? That was the idea. She was going to use her... Yes. You know, use sex to get what it is they need from him. Well, they, they, they Well, no, he sent her to the next family over remember because like, he had like beef with like this uh, this family that was trying to stop him from growing his drugs or something i can't but you know it was like this whole complicated thing but yes um but more recently right yeah 12 monkeys yeah deacon yeah uh the actor's name is todd stashwick and you know michael did an interview with him for his 12 monkeys podcast so i'm gonna go ahead and put a link on the website to that it's about a 25 minute interview i don't know that they as i recall it's been a while since i heard it but i don't know that they talked about dark angel but they did talk about his career and and yeah i think it'd be interesting if yeah. some of the listeners yeah, would link it check up. it I'd out i'd like to hear that yeah yeah uh well tells max that they're going to need to call in help to recover the body and mentions a couple transgenics that are in town so max sits in the truck with ray for making small talk uh, asks about his paramedic experiences and all the horror he's seen and and you know what basically whether or not he knows how to reattach a head <laughs> yeah that's uh, that, that, that's not really something that emts get get tr uh, trained to do well as he says you know when the head comes off the body it pretty much stays off yeah uh all right so joshua makes the call for the head 
who tells him, uh, you need to put the receiver the right way. And then I think he actually turns his head instead of the receiver. He calls these people. He's got some kind of relationship with them. Uh, and this has apparently happened before. Needs the help of another manticore creature to track down the body. And then Rafer asks Joshua about his costume. Uh, Wookie? Planet of the Apes? Yeah. <laughs> and, and at this point, I'm thinking like, all right, this road trip is just getting downright silly. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, like you know, Joshua says, "I'm the first, and and you know, Max, like, oh, he's the first in this class. He won the costume contest, and then, right? Right? Yeah, you know, where are you from? He says, "Father," and yeah. and just like the fatherland, he's like, "Oh, Germany, yeah, Germany, like really, <laughs> yeah." And then, in fact, twice Joshua grabs the wheel of the car and you know directs them to where they're going to go. So they stop outside of this cafe. Joshua and Rafer go in while Max puts the head in a bag and the four or five, if you count the head as a, right. as, as somebody sit at a table, the girl, Katerina, did you recognize her? You, you, know, you didn't unless you looked her up. Exactly. Exactly. I, I thought, I mean, I, I, I recognized her enough that I said, she looks familiar and then looked it up and, and see, I'll let you take this one. Yeah. Sarah Carter who we know as Maggie in Falling Skies. Yeah. And, you know, here her her character clearly has feline DNA, even much more than Max. The guy, Dieter, is some kind of lizard. Mess up and your mutant asses will be kicked, Max yeah. tells them after Rafer goes to the bathroom as they're trying to figure out how to find the body and put the two together. Still keeping him in the dark. And well, yeah, you know, oh, Rafer comes in. Are you guys from Germany too? Yeah, exactly. But I, I guess one of the things that keep coming back to me, you know, it seems harsh the way Max is forcing Joshua to lay low. But, you know, I think it's a lot of what she learned from Zach, you know, and that yeah. now she's realizing that, well, you know, perhaps on a certain level, Zach was right. Certainly her experiences since, uh, the, the fall of Manticore have really kind of pushed her more towards Zach's way of thinking, which if you really think about it, it's really Zach's sacrifice that has finally brought her around to, to see his point of view of keeping your head down, staying low, avoid attachments, right? Yeah, yeah. But obviously there's that conflict that I just want to be a normal girl and – I don't know. I mean, I guess that's part of the beauty of the show, watching her struggle with those two opposing forces. Right. And and that's, yeah, that's like, you're, as you said, the, the, the whole point of the show is that trying to, well, and we've talked about from basically episode one, that it's all about trying to, you know, you have this kind of public life and private life, I guess, is one way to put it, but you have, you know, and these two lives clash with one another. And how do you maintain that balance between the two? Yeah. Yep. Well, she's questioning Sally, AKA the head and Max learns that he was supposed to receive a package and they finally get it narrowed down to that. It was jam pony. And obviously Max is going to take them there though. It's not clear how this is going to help retrieve the body. Sally's supposed to meet a girl. The package is somehow involved and you know, who's in the restaurant for haggis night normal yeah, normal yeah you can't pass up haggis night yeah you know, like and he's not dressed that way for halloween he's dressed yeah. that way for haggis night <laughs> right um and, and that was a pretty good scene you know especially as they're ordering 
and uh, Joshua is like haggis mm, or something. I forget exactly how he yeah. says it, but well, all the transgenics order haggis, and you know, well, except for um, Max, but right. uh, you know, Max and Rayford don't. Yeah, I think Rafer gets a water or something. But uh, so Max, Cat, Sally, and Joshua break into Jam Pony to look for the package. But Sally's got no other information other than it's a package. Well, who walks in but normal with four others in costume? And and, and yeah, if we don't know, it's a dream by now. But you know, as I've already admitted earlier in the podcast, nah, I still wasn't convinced. <laughs> so right. the big well, like one, I said, I mean. It's either one of two things, right? It's either this is all a dream, in which point this show is still good, or this is not a dream and this show is terrible. Right. And and I'm still thinking that, oh, okay, this is the big reveal. He's working undercover, <laughs> probably for white, uh, and passes out photographs of the transgenics from the restaurant, mentions that surveillance video revealed that a headless mutant broke into Jamponi, stole a package, and I'm I'm thinking like, Okay. When he passes out the baseball bats. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a whole box of them, right? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, maybe this is a dream. Yeah, but we can also see this is, if we see this in the context of the dream, this is you know, all her subconscious saying that everyone knows who you are. You know, Everyone's out to get you. Everyone you know is secretly plotting to unveil your secrets. And, of course, before trying to save the city trying to rid the city of these dangerous beings let's go out for cake and ice cream first <laughs> yeah uh all right well anyway you had to know at that point that you yeah. had to, at some level you must have been like okay this is yeah so sally this girl he's supposed to meet well where's he supposed to meet her of course at crash oh sure. this just keeps getting better and better max says they enter crash where the party's in full swing Max shows Cindy the head and you know I really like the fact that Cindy's in on it now you know that that Max has revealed her secret to her and the fact that she trusts Cindy a hundred percent so it's and that's I think last week we were both thinking that this we would see more Cindy in this episode I think that's something we're both looking forward to because you know I like I like her lies oh yeah so after showing her the head she spots Logan and Asha together at a table making out and at, Max has had enough, goes over, asks why they're not out getting the hitman, but it turns out not to be them. <laughs> two other people. That was hilarious. <laughs> uh, but she does find the body in the back room, but it bolts when it sees her. I'm not sure exactly how it sees her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess it senses her. And then did I notice Kat flirting with Cindy? I think I may have. Uh, I, I think so, yes. I think I maybe need a third rewatch to uh. <laughs> to verify that. But Sketch is at the party, but he's working with normal and can't seem to get the hang of walkie-talkie lingo. And Well, it's kind of like that, that bit from Airplane, the movie, right? Yeah. Like, Roger, Roger, over, over. Yeah, yeah. What's but, your vector, Victor? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, knowing it's a dream, I'm thinking, okay, is this Max's subconscious establishing that sketch is such a moron he could never be trusted with the truth about her yeah i don't i don't it, yeah could be okay well tells him the body left with a sniper rifle and, of course and of course we're thinking like is rafer really this stupid that he thinks this is all a scavenger hunt which then maybe is max's subconscious working out the fact that you know what um i've been having this 
relationship, albeit a working relationship with this brilliant young guy, Logan. And yeah, you're a paramedic, but I mean, is that how she sees him or is anybody going to pale in comparison to Logan? Yeah. I think the, with the second thing there, the latter is that, you know, pretty much everyone else is, would pale in comparison to Logan. I think that's probably Rafer is his problem. He doesn't really have a problem. He's a good guy and everything, but he's not Logan. Yeah. And you know, look, I mean, I think all of us have played Russian roulette with the gas tank before. Um, (laughs) And I fortunately only lost once and I lost in the parking lot uh, of my uh, first apartment, but nonetheless, he runs out of gas Sally reveals to Max that he's on a Manticore mission for Pierpot Lemkin, who we haven't heard about heard about in a while. Oh, you're the hitman Logan was talking about, and Max wants to know the target. So tells Rafer, let's go to Logan's. So we're hitting all the hot spots in this episode. Right. right. So the crew is all there playing charades. Yeah. <laughs> while yeah, Max- so like really like Asha is gonna play charades, like I seriously. Know. Uh, while Max and Logan are trying to figure out the target, and I'm thinking, okay, well, clearly at this point, Asha's in on everything because she's playing. I'm like, right. you're, now in re- you're a moron <laughs> for thinking that. Um, his informant calls, and and again, you know, it's always his informant. You know, and even right. I think in Max's subconscious, it's like, you know, enough with the informants. Right, but right. Tells oh, him they, they, t- you know, like he goes bingo. Like you found something. No, I got bingo. (laughs) Tells him the target's either a priest, minister, or rabbi, which obviously then goes back to the joke. Max sticks the head in the toilet to get the name of the target. Uh, Yeah, swirly. Yep. And we find out it's Father McAllister. Dazed, goes back in the living room. You're not German exchange students. You're monsters. Max tells him, you know, I had a good time. Call me, and then knocks him out as the team prepares to move out. Yeah. Although I noticed Asha's not with the team. And I don't think that's an accident in Max's subconscious. Right. Didn't, did she tell, she told her to stay back for some reason, right? Uh, see, I'm not sure if she told her. You could be right. I, I just don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember. But carrying the head, Max walks out of the mist with Kat, Dieter, and Joshua. Great scene, visually. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, when... Uh, Cat kind of stands up to, uh, you know, says like, "Well, I should go to the catwalk." And Max like, "You do as I tell you to." And Joshua says, "Cat, cat fight." Oh, that was that was classic <laughs> when he says that. Just and the way he says it, cat yeah. fight. Well, Max disarms the body, but in hand to hand, the the body's a match for her. And finally, she takes the body out, and the others hustle him out. Max tells the father the priest, that is, that it was a fraternity prank, and he thanks them nonetheless. And Logan comes up and hears, you know, okay, idiot that I am. Logan, (laughs) I'm eyes only. And Asha, I'm Supreme Commander. Yeah. (laughs) Claim that it was them that saved him. And by the way, could you marry us? All right. Yeah, that is definitely confirmed by, by by this point, yeah. Yeah, but the really revealing dialogue then comes up normal and the police enter they start handcuffing all the transgenics and when max pleads that they didn't hurt anybody and the cop says well are you one of them and we're waiting for her answer yep and there's a very says, biblical scene here kind of right yeah and she says no i'm not one of them yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And like, like we've been saying that, you know, this is her dream. This is her dealing with her anxieties and her worries and concerns, uh, her biggest fears, you know, part of it, not getting credit for saving father McAllister. Right. Cause yeah. Logan comes in and says, well, we did it. And she's like, no, you, you know, like she's upset. Like someone else took the credit for what she had done. And now here being confronted with the question, are you one of them? And she's, you know, she denies it. Then it goes back to the, I just want to be a normal girl statement from earlier. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So then in the closing scene, Cindy finds Max on the space needle and, you know, laments that Joshua is going to spend his life in a cage. And Max is of course, you know, saying that it's her fault. This evening's been one big nightmare and then tells Max that the worst part of the evening was my girl denying who she really is. And and obviously that's the fundamental truth in this episode. Yeah. Well, I also like when she had the flashback and then Cindy was like, what the hell is that? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then she says, well, I just have one question for you. Where are your clothes? <laughs> and at this point, the dream ends. Yeah. Uh, turns out Max fell asleep in the bathtub. Uh, Cindy tells her Rafer's waiting, but she tells her to tell him she can't make it. There's something she's got to do. And I guess I thought at this point it was going to be something to do with Logan, but no. And I think it's even more significant that it's Joshua. It goes there, tells him that we've got to stick together. We're different. She's going to take him out, even if it's only for this one night. And and just again, visually that scene, he's got his trick or treat bag like a kid. She holds his hand as a mother would. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think the rest we know is that she's going to take him trick or treating. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that maternal relationship, I think is really solidified in this episode, you know, that she is like a parent to him. And part of that is putting limits. You know, you can do this, you can't do that, but also, you know, spending some quality time together. She sacrifices her, you know, date or whatever potential romantic encounter to, uh, you know, spend time with the kid. Yeah. And it just seems as if this whole episode, especially the dream is Max coming to terms with the decision she's got about how she's going to live her life. And I'm wondering, are we supposed to now consider that, well, maybe she's decided to transition to this mother figure as opposed to trying to get a relationship going with Logan, that, that perhaps she's just given up on that as a possibility. Uh, I don't think she's given up, but you know, I think she, her dream is probably refocused her, you know, okay, like it sucks about Logan, but really my main concern right now should be Joshua. Well, I guess I, I say that. And, and I, I think you're right. I, I guess I also though think that, because of the prominence of Asha in this episode and the way Max's subconscious portrays her and portrays her relationship with Logan, you know, I'm just wondering that, that, you know, is, is she reaching the point where she thinks not that if I can't have him, nobody can, but that if I can't have him, at least somebody, you know, I don't know. 
<laughs> well, no, I think because you know Asha, she did dream of her playing charades and being cool. So maybe she's thinking deep down, all right, well, if it wouldn't be so bad, well, It'd hurt, but there's worse people. At least he'll be with someone who is okay, I guess. Okay, so you you're you don't think it? She's reached that point yet, so okay. I don't think so. I think if anything, she's just she's very frustrated about how the thing with Logan is going, um, but realizes that. There's not a lot she can do about it, and and that really she's got to think she has someone else who is reliant upon her, and she needs to, um, you know, she needs like basically what she's been trying to do the whole time is to protect the transgenics, and and that's kind of, I think she's realizing that kind of needs to be her focus now. Yeah, it, it's just funny how this episode for me went from one that I was questioning whether or not we were even going to finish season two of dark angel <laughs> to one that, I mean, I give it an a, I yeah. thought, you know, in retrospect, no, spectacular. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, anything else you want to mention about this one? Um, just one more thing. Uh, cause I, we had talked about this guy, uh, back talking about Vikings, I think, but Joshua, the guy who plays Joshua. Hmm is Kevin Durand. Who does who, he play in Vikings? The Wanderer. Oh. And then, remember, then we said, from that, we said, oh, yeah, he was Martin Kimi on Lost. And uh, he was uh, one of my favorite characters in a pretty bad movie, uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine, he, who's Dukes. So, you know, that, but yet you, he's like unrecognizable in the, uh, you know, in the makeup is Joshua, though, you know? Yeah, yeah, as was... Uh, sarah carter as cat tonight sure. but uh that's what imdb's for yeah so. absolutely all right well we want to thank you guys for joining us tonight we'd love to hear from you about dark angel firefly or anything else you think we should be watching and like to encourage you as always to join the facebook group and if you're already a member spread the word emails to sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com or voicemails via the speak pipe tab which you can access through the website And we'll be back next week with episode six of Firefly entitled Our Mrs. Reynolds. But until then. Well, Dave, you know, doing podcasts about old science fiction television shows, you know, some people might even call us freaks, which is why we got to stick together.